Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Best Comics Ever podcast that will take you through the majority of comics that I'm reading here over at Comic Book Herald. I'm Dave, of course, your host, and this week we're going to be doing another month's update to the Best Comics of All Time list over on comicbookherald.com slash to the best comics of all time with a hyphen between each word. I've got a list now approaching 500 comic book stories and graphic novels that are among my favorites of all time. You can go over there now and check out the order. Of course, we've got Watchmen ranked number one, and we've got Wanted ranked number 450 as my least favorite of all time. Again, I've talked about this a little bit, but I think once the list hits 500, we'll begin capping it out and moving things off of the list. So we're getting closer, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new storylines to add to the list this go-round. So let's do it. In order that they will be uh, ranked, I've got Mr. Miracle, Mighty Thor, the Jane Foster era, JLA Ultramarines, Blue Beetle Volume 1, the Jamie Reyes era, Tales of Suspense, Punisher War Machine, and The Terrifics from DC Comics. So I'm going to get to talking about them, see how many of these we can get through as we rank them. And I'm going to start from the top with Mr. Miracle. This is the 12-issue maxi-series written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerards. If you haven't been keeping up with contemporary current comics, uh, you may have missed out on what has been, I think, pretty pretty widely received as one of the most critically acclaimed and respected comics of the decade, certainly, probably of the 2000s. And I think as we're going to see on this list, um, it's going to go pretty high in the all-time canon. Mr. Miracle is astounding in, in so many ways. I've written about it somewhat extensively over on CBH, but the use of nine-panel grid in the narrative forming by King and Rods is very, very effective. This book is filled to the brim with um, kind of some dark and, and you know, serious themes. Um, the book opens with Scott Free, aka Mr. Miracle, uh, attempting suicide, and that is obviously a very, a very difficult uh, subject to tackle in superhero comics and, and comics in general for that matter but King and Rods do it very well and they're able to take these serious themes and blend them in with the overall uh, Marvel um, or excuse me DC New Gods mythos in a way that is again kind of astonishing it doesn't usually work um, or a lot of times it doesn't work when you try and do very serious themes like what does it mean to be living in a time when we're questioning reality and we're questioning what is real and what is truth and Mr. Miracle goes into that in extensive detail throughout the book you you don't know because Scott you know attempted suicide right out of the gates you don't know if he actually survived or if this is all a hallucination if it's really happening um, but the 12 issues, you know, they tell a story as if it's really happening. And it's about Scott and Big Barda, his wife's relationship, about um, some huge events that happen in families. I mean, this comic is one of the best, I would say, um, like husband and wife narratives that I've read, definitely in superhero comics, just the dynamics and the conversations. And and it also sprinkles in an amazing blend of the absurd and, and the humorous. So you've got things like late in the comic, Darkseid 
pulling a carrot out of a veggie tray and this being milked for you know the comedy that it serves and it's it's weird and it's absurd but it's also very very funny and that helps i think the more serious issues be tackled in a way that again um is not is not ham-fisted and is not too in your face so i think mr miracle is one that everyone should definitely be reading uh, it will, I think, pay off a little bit to have some background with Jack Kirby's Fourth World. So, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and Darkseid, these are all part of the New Gods, which are part of the Fourth World. And this was a Jack Kirby creation for DC in the early 70s, uh, right after he had left Marvel Comics. So, you don't necessarily need to know all the stories or the continuity to read Mr. Miracle, but I think knowing these characters a little bit does help, and King uses as a framing device, he actually pulls the Kirby-written dialogue from his original Mr. Miracle run, uh, which is very, very good for about 12 issues and then runs on about, I think, 18, so a few too many issues. But uh, but King pulls the, that dialogue in as a framing device, and it's, of course, superlative and hyperbolic and exclamation points flying all over the place, sometimes you know more than one per sentence. Uh, but again, I think that familiarity does, does help uh, enjoy this series. Not a requirement, but for those of you who are curious, you know, if you need to, I, I would recommend checking it out at a minimum. So I like Mr. Miracle quite a bit. It is definitely going to be in consideration for my favorite comic of 2018. Uh, it's, you know, it's 12 near-perfect comics. I'm looking here on the all-time list. You know, I'm scrolling way, way up. So I think the highest book that I've ranked recently, um, well, I guess we could just look at the Tom King slate of, of comics. And so King, I put the Omega Men at number 57. And that's another 12-issue uh, series that he did with um, with Barnaby. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the pronunciation of the last name, but it's a, it's a DC series uh, that is very very good. And then his Marvel comic that he wrote, another 12-issue maxi series with Gabriel Hernandez Walta, uh, Vision. I have at number 45 on the list. So ranking Mister Miracle against Vision is extremely difficult. Um, they are both excellent i i have to say mr miracle for my money is better than vision which again we're comparing to what i consider the greatest my favorite comics so hardly a knock on vision i just think it, again it's hard to explain even but vision is is kind of perfect for the character but it doesn't it just doesn't cover as much as Mr. Miracle is able to. And again, even things like, you know, Vision deals with family life and trying to maintain a family. And Mr. Miracle does that in a way that's just so much more specific. And maybe it's just, you know, my personal where I am in my life with a with a young, you know, baby. And that's kind of Mr. Miracle plays with that time frame. Uh, and the level of specificity and comedy around that is, is so good. Uh, I, I have to say it's better than Vision just by, you know, a smidge. So looking up the list then, that's going to put it in top 40 contention. Um, right above Vision, I have Day Tripper, which is actually another sort of short, near-perfect um, graphic novel. It's by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Oh, man, this gets hard. Um, I knew this one would be tough 
to rank because again it's so good so looking through the 30s i've got saga at number 38 and i've got saga the swap swamp thing right above that the alan moore written run oh man this is really really hard um I do think it's better than East of West, just because East of West hasn't finished yet. That's the Jonathan Hickman written uh, image creator own series, which I love. I think it's better than New 52 Batman, another series that I love. Saga's a little difficult, the Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples image series, which has been tremendously popular because it's not done yet. Uh, I think we're 54 issues into Saga at the time of, of this recording, and Vaughn and Stables are sort of on a hiatus, but we know the series is going to continue. That's another one, actually, that it actually makes for a pretty sensible comparison because it deals with family, and it deals with this huge sci-fi space odyssey, but again, at the heart of it is more of an intimate family narrative, and that's kind of uh, similar to what Mr. Miracle does. I think that one of the problems I'm having is if I look up the list, you know, I don't necessarily know if Mr. Miracle's better than saga i would put it right around it but if i look up the list at like batman the long halloween which i've got at number 30 i mean at this point in time i'd rather read mr miracle again which doesn't necessarily mean it's better or more influential so i mean you're seeing some of the internal wrestling that i'm doing here to try and decide where this book should go i mean i think i have to factor in recency bias i just read it it just came out it's fresh um, I'm going to put it right below Saga and above New 52 Batman, and that would make it number 39 on the all-time list. And I can see conceivably that ranking changing uh, as I as a little distance passes and maybe I do a reread, another reread, I should say, and think about you know exactly where I want it to be. But that's going to be where Mr. Miracle goes on the best comics of all time list. Again, highly, highly recommended reading uh, for anyone who has not explored that yet. That does also mean that uh, Sex Criminals, Volume 1, the Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky image comic series, which is supposed to be locked in at number 69 perpetually on the list per some uh, recommendation I got in the comments of Best Comics Ever, that little sophomore humor uh, settled well with me. That's going to push it down to number 70, which means we yet again have to move something below Sex Criminals. Um, I've got right above it, I've got Atomic Robo, which I do like more. I've got Shudder above that, Multiversity, the Morrison written DC series. Um, right above that, I've got I Killed Adolf Hitler, the Fanographics book by Jason. I could actually move that down. Jason's comics are all sort of like these perfect short stories with absurdist, I would say Wes Anderson-like humor, uh, but I don't have a huge problem moving that one down. So that's going to drop in the rankings just ever so slightly so we can maintain our nice little 69 joke. And let's see what is next on the list. So probably not going to get through too many of these because Mr. Miracle took so much time. Uh, Mighty Thor, the Jane Foster era of Thor at Marvel, written by Jason Aaron, with majority of the the Thor run drawn by Russell Dowderman. And Dowderman's art carried Jane Foster as Thor to, to heights 
she would not have otherwise achieved. I think this, I think the Foster as Thor run is very, very successful. Um, it's obviously got that like built in, I don't even want to call it controversy, but it's got a built in um, bothersome factor to fans who don't want to see anyone other than the Odin son, as he's become known as Thor. Uh, nonetheless, I think it's one of the best ideas that Aaron has had on the title. I loved Thor Godbomb and the God Butcher that he came out of the gates with in Marvel Now. Those are highly recommended reads, and you know they're not ranked on this list yet. But Foster as, as Thor changes up the game, and it brings something new to the table. And it creates this uh, fascinating dynamic where Jane Foster is, uh, she is a, a cancer victim. And, um, or a cancer patient, I should say. And she refuses to be a victim. And she has to go through chemotherapy. But she's also has picked up the hammer. Thor lo- lost in original sin. You know, Thor, Odin's son, is no longer worthy. And Jane Foster comes in, and she is. And she's able to pick up this hammer and take on the mantle. And every time she becomes Thor, it it basically prevents her body from healing the cancer that, you know, in the, in the chemotherapy from doing its work. So it creates that sort of internal internal dynamic, uh, which, you know, we haven't gotten a lot of in recent years with the Don Blake Thor connection, you know, a lot of times, and I think the MCU is a big part of this, Thor is just Thor, and the sort of human alter ego falls to the wayside, and that's brought back in a strong way with Jane Foster in a way that I think makes the title, again, compelling. Um, It's, you know, it's good to have new ideas and change of pace with these titles. Marvel's been doing this for, you know, we're looking at their 80th anniversary in 2019. So, Mighty Thor, I'm going to do the whole era as a ranking. And again, the whole era, I would recommend going to Comic Book Herald's Thor reading order. You can go to comicbookherald.com slash Thor uh, hyphen reading hyphen order to find the whole thing because the Jane Foster era is split up a little weirdly. Um, The title started as just called Thor, and that ran for eight issues in an annual before Secret Wars hit. And post-Secret Wars, it relaunched as Mighty Thor, where it is now run for, I think it goes uh, 20... Three issues, then renumbers to number 700 for Marvel Legacy, and it, it's a whole thing. You're going to want the reading order, I think, to understand it. But basically, you know, it's we're looking at like 30 plus issues of Jane, probably closer to 40. And again, it's very good. I like it a lot. I think it petered out a little as as Aaron has moved uh, more and more towards this War of Realms. So basically, what what happens is Jane Foster becomes Thor. And the run begins with sort of Asgard and Odin and and everyone there sort of dealing with, um, you know, what it means that the Odin son isn't worthy, what it means to have someone else inheriting the power of Thor, and obviously there's a lot of infighting that goes on. So it starts out a little more internal, a little more in get Asgardian. As that's happening, you get uh, Malekith, the Dark Elf, who I, I think of as really popularized during the amazing 80s Walt Simonson run on the title. Uh, he's sort of plotting to, um, to 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 you know take over the ten realms, and that sort of brings us across all of the Asgardian cosmos, you know, into the ten realms, where we get this sort of high fantasy epic that Aaron's been weaving for some time. Again, I think it has petered out slightly. But Dowderman's art has carried it throughout. It is easily some of the best art in superhero comics. I would put him up there with the likes of Christian Ward, who I talked about a little bit, you know, his work on, say, the Black Bolt 12-issue series uh, as as some of the absolute best in superhero comics, certainly for over the past few years. 
So how high is Thor going to go on the list? Not nearly as high as Mr. Miracle. Um, I think, you know, it's not a top 100 book for me, but top 200, it's in consideration. At number 200 right now, I have Catwoman by Ed Brubaker and Darwin Cook and Mike Allred. Uh, it's tough to say if Mighty Thor is better than that. It's certainly in consideration. Below that, I've got Redneck, the image series written by Donnie Cates, X-Men Messiah Complex, crossover in the late 2000s, which I quite like. Um, Injustice 2 is fun. I think, I do think that Mighty Thor can compete, honestly, with all of these. So I'm actually going to look a little bit higher here, and let's look for a longer run if I can find one. I think it's better than Green Lantern, Green Arrow, the Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams run. Um, I've got JLA 1 million right above that. I do think it's better than that. Let's see. We've got Thanos War, the Warlock and Avengers teaming up against Thanos with Jim Starlin writing and drawing. That's at number 170 on the list currently. I don't think it's quite that good. Uh, right below that, I've got Superman Last Son of Krypton, which I could see putting it above. Let's see. The next closest Marvel run I have is Doctor Strange by Donny Cates and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, which is more recent and I do like. But again, Mighty Thor, this whole run has so much to it. I'm going to put it right below Thanos War and uh, in a pretty high position here, honestly, inside the top 175. So that's where the Jane Foster era of Thor is going to go on the best comics of all time list. Again, I recommend you check out that Thor reading order over on Comic Book Herald if you want to dive into this. I would just start from the top of Aaron's run with um, with God Butcher. Uh, one, because it's great, and two, because characters and elements from those stories play a role throughout his entire now 50-plus issue run on the character, which has continued through Marvel Fresh Start. So I think I've got time for one more here. And we're going to rank JLA Ultramarines. This is a three-issue sort of spinoff of Grant Morrison's time writing Justice League America. It's got art by Ed McGinnis. And I actually read this. I had read this one before, technically, because it's included in those JLA hardcovers. And I believe I have the entire JLA run on here on the list. Let's see if I can find it quick. I've got it at... Oh, no, that's... JLA Legal One is different. Okay, JLA by Grant Morrison with art primarily by Howard Porter. Uh, the run that, that he did, that is, I want to say, in the 40-ish issue range. Uh, I have that at number 77 on the all-time list, so it's very high inside the top 100. This Ultramarine story in particular I reread because I had seen, as I was doing the Seven Soldiers reading order on Comic Book Herald, that, um, which is another Morrison-written title in the 2000s, I had seen that Ultramarines sort of uh, kind of acted as a mini-prologue and set some of the themes and characters that would be important in Seven Soldiers. So I reread it, and honestly, with more experience behind Morrison's writing and the types of ideas and characters he likes to play with in the DC Universe, Ultramarines is great. Uh, I did not, rem I remember not thinking too much of this. You have uh, essentially a, it's kind of like a C-tier Justice League that is going by the Ultramarines. It includes Knight and Squire, who would become relevant characters in, in Morrison's um, 
Batman Incorporated work. But basically, they have, you know, kind of the Justice League is missing scenario. They're trapped in a pocket dimension in a, a mini universe. And the only member who's left behind on Earth is Batman. And he has to work with this uh, Knight and Squire and these Ultramarines to prevent um, some, you know, some attacks on the world that are being initiated by Gorilla Grodd, who is at his most menacing and fearsome and psychotic and um and a, a cosmic character that i won't go into but who is is does play a role here and in seven soldiers so ultramarines is going to go pretty high i like these three issues a lot you're going to like them more if you're really into the morrison dc universe uh in particular you know if you have like a fair amount of exposure to final crisis and multiversity um morrison's a writer who can be polarizing for a lot of people he plays with big ideas and he plays with them fast and loose in a way that frankly you know i've talked about like final crisis was one of the earlier dc comics i read and i hated it it made no sense and even now upon rereads i'm i'm not totally convinced of its greatness some people are uh but the more morrison you read the better his stuff connects i think a lot of times uh at least the good stuff and ultramarines is definitely um you know, benefits as a result. So I would say I like it better than JLA Tower of Babel, which is a very popular one um, written by Mark Wade. That's the story in which uh, it is revealed that Batman has basically been collecting uh, how to defeat all of his teammates in the Justice League, which doesn't seem super surprising to us now. But, uh, you know, it's a big deal. They feel betrayed. But I like Ultramarines more than that. Looking above it on the list... Uh, I like it more than Son of Hitler, the image graphic novel that came out this year. I don't like it as much as Infinite Crisis and Countdown to Infinite Crisis in its entirety, but I probably like it more than Outcast, Volume 1, written by Robert Kirkman. So we'll put it between those. That'll make it the new 217 on the best comics of all time list, which is a pretty good spot. Uh, if you're doing the... Uh, if you're looking for a good Justice League comics to read, you know, I would recommend this Morrison-written 90s JLA. It's really, really great. It holds up particularly well. And uh, JLA Ultramarines, I think, comes... Again, if you're getting the hardcovers, you're looking at the trades, I think it comes either in the third or the fourth. And um, and I would recommend, you know, reading that one with a, with a keen eye because it's pretty good. So there you have it. Those are the stories that I'm going to talk about ranking on the list. I will add the rest of these. Uh, offline here and you can go over to compacarol.com slash the best comics of all time to see where the rest of the stories fit on the list again we'll be up over uh, 450 by the end of this episode so thanks as always for listening everyone music for best comics ever is by anthony weiss you can go to anthony com for more of his music uh, everything here is written produced and edited by dave busing that's me founder and editor-in-chief of comic book herald you can go over to comicbookherald.com to see all of my writing and reading orders and guides. If you like the site or you like the podcast and you want to find ways to get more involved and be part of the community and support, you can go to patreon.com slash comicbookherald.com, or excuse me, patreon.com slash comicbookherald, where for the price of as little as $1 a month, you can help uh, support the site and get bonuses like access to priority reading order recommendations, priority Q&A response um custom reading playlists that i do monthly for the five dollar patrons you know i give a list of all the comics that i recommend reading on different services like marvel unlimited dc universe hoopla and then also just like my favorites from the pull list so you can head on over there to patreon.com if you are interested 
Otherwise, as always, thanks for listening and enjoy the comics.